Happy Wednesday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, we got a lot to get to this show. We're going to break down position by position, Arizona ASU, what Arizona needs to do to be able to thwart the Sun Devils in their revenge win game against Arizona in McHale. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, got a lot to get to this show, but big, big opportunity here for the University of Arizona to win to win these next three games and essentially lock up a number one seed. Because, again, that's what everybody's looking for at this stage in the game. Can you get a number one seed? How do you lock it up? How do you procure that? And that's what Arizona is looking to do right here. Now, the first thing you got to do is you got to get through ASU. Now, to rehash, Remember, up in Tempe, Arizona did not play well against ASU, um, at least uh, for a mid-portion mid of the game. Because if you remember, Arizona struggled in that um, Arizona got up to a big lead, and then ASU started pressing, started pressuring, started putting a lot of things uh, out there that disrupted Arizona. And that became more of an issue for the Cats. Um you watch that. You watch that game, though, and you also knew that. Okay, um, there's some weird stuff going on here because Tommy Lloyd essentially did call a timeout when the when the lead went from 19 to two. That's a little bit of an issue right there. Um, now Lloyd, I think, has maybe corrected that a little bit. But again, who am I to uh, dispute Tommy Lloyd? Because Tommy Lloyd is also going to be about the about to be the winningest coach in college basketball history in these uh, in his first two seasons. But Arizona ASU. ASU's coming in here, and their season is essentially in a tailspin right now. Um, not only is it in a tailspin, this was a team that looked like they were going to be an NCAA tournament squad. And not only are they not an NCAA tournament squad, um, they don't even look like they could be an NIT team the way they're losing. And you also kind of wonder if Bobby Hurley's on his way out. But ASU is still dangerous, as we've seen. ASU under Bobby Hurley will is generally always be dangerous to a certain degree. So let's talk about what they can do, all those different avenues right there. First, you got to look at it, and they're, uh, what's made this team a little bit different than in previous Bobby Hurley ASU teams is they got a big man in the middle. They got a guy that can roam the or roam the inside and block some shots in Warren Washington. Transfer out of Nevada, really, really good player. Um, not only is he a really good player, He's a guy that is able to um, essentially alter, like we talked about, alter a lot of shots right there. Um, he is uh, something they haven't had in a while. But after that, you don't have it to bigs up front. Now with some guys that are the twins that we'll get to in a second. But then after that, it becomes more of the perimeter um, and what ASU can do. And that's no real that's no real uh, slight to ASU. But and then it gets to the Cambridge boys. Um both these guys were very, very good transfers for ASU. They can uh, both score in a variety of ways. They're both pretty athletic. They can both do a variety of different things. Um, and uh, you look at them, they're both kind of in that 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", range. And, or excuse me, one six four, the other about 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, 
And, um, you know, they're not high efficiency guys, but they're guys that can put the ball in the bucket. And Arizona's got to be ready for that. And I think Arizona will be more than ready for that. Then you got some other guys that you got to keep an eye on, like a, uh, a Frankie Collins, um, nice little uh, nice little point guard that uh, they got from uh, originally from Compass, came over from Michigan, was a nice high, was a nice uh, move for him to be able to get in there. And you've also got an Angel Nunez. They've got firepower, but as we've talked about time and time and time and time again, when you have no structure, which ASU does, does it? Becomes a little bit of an issue. Um, and not only does it become a little bit of an issue, it kind of limits how good you can be. You watch ASU and they should be better than they are. I mean, I'm not not breaking any news right here. They should be better. better. They should be better than they are. But that's also why you've got a guy like a Tommy Lloyd and why you've got a guy like a Bobby Hurley. Um, now, uh, what does Arizona need to do in this game? Arizona's got to dominate down low. Now, this is going to be another – this will be a nice little test, I think, for Arizona because between uh, uh, Azulis Tabellas, who has not been playing great ball, and Dumar Ballo, you, uh, you, need to, uh, you need to be able to dominate down low. And I don't care who it is. I don't care if you got uh, Warren Washington. Again, Warren Washington, a very good player. But you got to be able to uh, you got to be able to dominate down low. And if you can dominate down low, then you're going to be in pretty good shape. But that's always the way that it should be for Arizona. When you got Azulis Tabellas, when you got Umar Ballo, it's kind of the way that it should be. Um, so I'm looking for a good perform. I'm looking for a big time performance here out of uh, both of the both of the peaks right here. Um, then. Um, my guy, Sed Henderson Jr., I don't think Sed gets enough, enough love, to be honest with you. I watch Cedric Henderson Jr., and I think to myself that this guy isn't getting the love that he probably deserves. And not only is he not getting the love that he probably deserves, he uh, he does it in such a quiet manner in that a lot of people are just, I think, just kind of just kind of taken for granted, for lack of a better term. They watch him, and they're like, okay, you know, he's doing his thing, but he was big time this past week. I mean, when you're getting 16 points off nine shots, that's big time stuff right there. And not only is he doing it um, in the manner in which he's doing it, but he's also playing really good defense. He doesn't do dumb things. He steps in there, and you can tell the coaching staff is very comfortable with what he can do as a player, and I think that's what's exciting about him. And it also goes to show you, too, and we're going to get to this in a few minutes, Tommy Lloyd's ability to be able to get guys in there who maybe don't put up the biggest numbers in the world, but also have a have an ability to be able to play some really good uh, team ball in the manner in which I think that uh, in the manner in which uh, you would like to see a, a, a player or a team like Tommy Lloyd. Um, but said Henderson, he's been absolutely fantastic this year. Uh, he and Courtney Ramey, who we're going to get to in a couple minutes, um, have been have both been just been great. Um, I do think that uh, I do think that uh, there is something to be said about Lloyd's ability to be able to bring in players that buy into his system, that fit into his system. Because again, it's it's a unique it's a unique style in that you're not going to have somebody that's going to be pounding the ball, isoing it the entire time. That's just not the case. You're not going to have any of that, and I think that that's uh, you know that's not going to be attractive to some. Uh, that's not going to be attractive to some certain uh, to certain players. Give you a Keon Brooks for example. Keon Brooks, kid out of Washington, um, or excuse me, kid out of Kentucky, 
looked at coming to Arizona, but also decided not to come to Arizona because of the, uh, you know, probably that he could go to Washington to be the main man. Nothing wrong with that. Just a fact of life, though, that, you know, Keon Brooks probably, uh, probably, uh, better off there, but Tommy Lloyd's also not going to get a lot of those guys. He's not going to get a lot of those high volume type players. And, but again, that's why guys like Courtney Ramey, that's why guys like said Henderson fit in, in the manner in which they do, because again, they're not these high volume, high, uh, 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 players that, you know, I need my looks. I need my shots. They fit into what Tommy Lloyd wants to do. And you got to remember too, you've already got guys on this team that, have a little bit of an ego. And I say that in a complimentary way because when you reach the highest level of college basketball, you should have an ego. Um, now, again, not a negative ego per se, but you should have an ego. You should be you should be the guy that, yeah, I know I'm good and watch what I'm about to do out here, that type of situation. And I think Arizona has, uh, has done a good job of keeping those guys in there. I'll give you an example, Kirk Carissa. You watch Kerr out there and he drives a lot of people crazy with his field goal percentage or, you know, taking some odd shots, but aren't you happy that he's on your team though? And he's also a guy that you feel very comfortable with taking that last shot at the end of a game. So big kudos right there to uh, um, Tommy Lloyd, just for the roster construction. Now, have a lot of people that have asked about, you know, well, what's going on with, you know, the, the, the bench. Right now, it looks like Tommy Lloyd's going to go about seven deep. And I can't blame him for it because coaches do this every single year. Not only do they do this every single year, it's just kind of a kind of a rite of passage. You know, every year we would hear that Lute Olson was uh, – every year that we heard uh, Lute Olson was, um, you know, was going to add, uh, add to the rotation or, you know, do this or do that. And it never happened. Because, again, coaches don't do that. It sounds great to say in theory. It sounds absolutely fantastic to say in theory. But the um, – um, but the uh, um, where, you're, where you're looking at is that Arizona basketball right now is kind of at the uh, – um, Arizona is kind of at the place where you need to be able to get these kind of players on a day in, on a day – game in, on a game in basis. Um, now let me tell you a little bit about FanDuel. FanDuel, great stuff right here where it's at. Um, now let's hold on, let's put the overlay in here. FanDuel, fanduel.com backslash locked on college. Make every moment count. FanDuel's great. FanDuel is taking off because not only is FanDuel taking off, um, the reason that it's taking off is because everybody knows about it. It's fun, it works. Everybody likes it. This is the best time of the year to hop in here. You got college basketball. You got college football. You got all of that stuff going on. Great time to be a uh, great time to hop on FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com backslash locked on college. Check it out. Check out the show notes and the link in the era, in the link in the description. But again, FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment count. Again, you got basketball. You got baseball right around the corner. All kinds of fun stuff. Hop in there. We're going to come up next. We're going to talk about the reserve big men for the U of A and what they need to be doing going forward. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we've got to talk a little bit about the peaks. We've got to talk a little bit about um, we got to talk a little bit about uh, where um, Henry Vasar, Dylan Anderson, and Adama Ball are in there. And let's talk about that a little bit. Um, okay, first and foremost is you've got you've got uh, Henry Vasar. Henry's going to be a big player for the U of A. I don't think that there's any doubt about it. Henry is going to be a, a big time player. And um, not only is he going to be a big time player, he's going to be a guy that I think is going to play in the NBA. And not only is he going to play in the NBA, I think that he's going to be the player that is going to, um, uh, I think at some point he could be a lottery pick. You watch how he moves. You watch how athletic he is. You watch how he engages out there and he's good. Um, again, and I don't think Tommy Lloyd is going to say is uh, going to say anything that is out of uh, uh, left field here. I don't think he would even care about this, but he's always said, you know, he's like big men take wild, but when they hit, they hit. And I think you're going to see that there with, uh, um, I think you're going to see that there with big Henry. And again, I'd like to see him get a little bit more minutes. Again, this is always a caveat. There's always a caveat in play right here. Um, but I would like to see Henry get some more minutes right there uh, because I think at some point Arizona's got to be seven or eight men deep. I know you're already seven men, but there's times where you're going to need that extra guy to block some shots. And not only are you going to need him to block some shots, you're going to need him to probably play some big time minutes. And I think that he's more than capable of doing that. Um, Now, Dylan Anderson, my guy, your guy, everybody's guy. I still love Dylan Anderson's potential long-term. I think he's going to be a very, very good player for the University of Arizona. Just going to take him a little bit of time. I think ideally he would have redshirted this year, but <coughs> I think it was a combination of Arizona being a little bit better than, or excuse me, Arizona, or him being a little bit better than Arizona might have thought. And the fact that, you know, uh, at this stage of the game, I think it was hard to redshirt. And so, again, I love Dylan Anderson, big fan of his. Then Adama Ball. I would love to see Arizona do with Adama Ball what they did with Ricky Anderson back in the day. Um, Ricky Anderson back in the day um, was Ricky Anderson back in the day brought a or um, played two years at the U of A. Then he was redshirted, um, and he was redshirted mainly because he didn't get any better. He wasn't playing a ton as a uh, freshman or a sophomore. And it looked like to Lute Olson that he had some potential, but it was going to take him a little bit of time. And not only was it going to take him a little bit of time, um, Arizona didn't want to waste time in the process. So they redshirted Ricky Anderson. And when Ricky Anderson was then ready to play, came back, he was a pretty good player. Now, again, I've always felt that Luton Ross overrated Ricky Anderson to a certain degree because he wasn't very athletic and he was pretty limited. But he came back and he was a 12.6 rebound per game guy. I'm not saying Adama Ball will be that. I'm not saying that Adama Ball won't be that. But um, I will say, though, that Adama Ball is going to be a um, 
Uh, I will say that Adama Ball is going to be a player that I think can play. When you look at him, he's about six foot six, six foot five. He's very long, seventeen or eighteen year, or you know, eighteen years old. Should be a freshman at this point. But um, you watch him though, and he, he's a guy that I don't want to see go off to Georgia or Washington State and become a seven or sixteen point per game guy. I would love to see him redshirt. I don't know in this day and age of college athletics if that's really even uh, plausible. But if it is plausible, I'd love to see him do that. Now, the other guy, too, that has emerged in a massive way has been Kylan Boswell. Um, Kylan Boswell is a player who not only has um, surpassed my expectations, I think he's surpassed pretty much everybody's expectations. I thought coming into the year that he was going to take a, it. Anything that he got, I think that he was, uh, I think it was going to take him a little bit of time. And, um, it, and sure, it took a little bit of time, but I didn't see him becoming this. When Boswell enters the game, he is a total difference maker out there from a physical perspective, from a, you know, from a, uh, um, basically everything from a, from a physicality perspective, from a, um, you know, he just, he's able to just do what you need for him to do out there. And he looks comfortable in the process. He can pass, he can get to the hoop. He can do a lot of different things. And while he's not maybe next level athletic, he's good enough athletic. And that's where I think that Arizona um, really hit the ball out of the park. Tommy Lloyd said that he thought he could be one of the best lead guards to come through here. I still don't know that I see that, but I'm also not going to say that I don't see it at this point because as we've talked about many times, Tommy Lloyd's track record right there is pretty good. But that's essentially what needs to happen, though, for these um, Arizona in this game. And we're going to get to SC and we'll get to UCLA later in the week. Arizona should be able to take care of ASU. I know ASU is talented, but there's also a lot of issues that they have. And there's a lot of issues that just come with having a Bobby Hurley team that, quite frankly, just isn't that good and is far more limited than they probably should be. And that's always going to be a little bit of an issue. All right. Now, what is the future of ASU? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back there. We're going to mock them for a couple minutes before we sign off. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now let's talk about let's talk about um, Arizona State basketball. I fall into the I fall into the uh, the camp where I believe that ASU should be able to be good. I don't know that they should be a top fifteen team, but I still believe that when you're in the Phoenix uh, metro area, you got those kind of people. You should be good, and um, quite frankly, it just hadn't happened. Bill Frieder had a little bit of life, had a little bit of run right there in the uh, mid, uh, mid-90s where you felt that ASU could bring in some players that were really good. That has been a long time ago, though. Bob Evans sucked. Herb Sendek wasn't any good. Bobby Hurley is limited. These guys are all a good year. It's kind of a fringe tournament team. I would think that at ASU, you would be able to get a – you would be able to get a team that would be very, very, uh, that would be, be able to be very good, or at least have a coach that would be able to bring in. Because again, you look around the valley, forget the prep schools for a second, the compasses and whatnot. You still got a lot of really good guys in private or in public schools. You know, your, uh, I mean, just look at, uh, just look at uh, Cody Williams or look at Dylan Anderson, look at Koa Pete, all of those guys. Those are those are players that you should be on from the time they're in seventh or eighth grade. 
And not only should you be on them from the time they're in seventh or eighth grade, you should be making a big impact with them because again, if you, you know, that's just kind of the way it is in college basketball this year. You got to be able to recruit. You got to be able to recruit early. And I don't know what Bobby Hurley's recruiting template is, to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, I don't think there is a recruiting template. And I think if you're an ASU fan, that's where it's a little bit disturbing. So that's kind of where we're at. I expect Arizona to be able to smash ASU. Tomorrow, we're going to come back. We're going to start breaking down the LA schools in depth like we did today. But as always, Really appreciate all of you tuning in right here to Locked On Wildcats. We are in game-by-game-by-game basis, and Arizona basketball is right where it needs to be. And so, again, I will be back with you tomorrow. As always, thanks for keeping it Locked On Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Have a great rest of your Wednesday.